Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Influenced Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Monet. The Influenced Podcast is a place where I sit down with Christian social media influencers and entrepreneurs to have combos about how they balance living life out loud on social media while walking with God. They share knowledge about social media, creating content, lifestyle, and being ambassadors for Christ in the social realm. On this episode, I had the chance to dig deep with Brianna Aponte. Brianna is a mentor, celibacy advocate, social media consultant, dancer, and the definition of a self-made entrepreneur. She is a big fan of giving God without giving God and truly being transparent about your narrative. A few of her titles include creator of the Shameless Movement, co-founder of All About It LLC, and one half of Worth the Weight. Brianna, welcome to the Influence Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Of course. I'm excited too. So I've been following you on social media for about a year and a half now. I came to know who you were about in 2017 at the Naturalista hair show put on by N Natural Hair Studio. And I remember you came into the room and you were passing out like these little flyers. And I was like, who is this girl? Like, what are these flyers? And I looked at it and it said shameless. And I was like, what's shameless? So I went on like, you know, social media and I was looking it up. And so for people who don't know, let's start there. What is shameless? So Shameless is a movement, kind Mm -hmm. of, that I had started back in 2015. So after quitting the calves from being, like, body shamed and Mm -hmm. whatnot, I was like, I want to create something where girls, all shapes, all sizes, ages, and races can just, like, feel great, you know, doing, being a part of. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of centered it around dance at first because Mm -hmm. it was the thing that connected me to the the kind of lack of confidence I was having with calves. Right. And so I created, like, a Heal 101 class where it was like come through wear whatever you feel sexy and so some girls mm-hmm. would wear lingerie some girls would be in like jogging pants t-shirts yeah and we would just learn about our bodies and like how to confidently walk how to mm-hmm. like you know just look in the mirror and be like yo you're bad <laughs> and after doing that for like a year that kind of transitioned into me teaching and hosting like things mm-hmm. kind of all throughout the U.S. and it just happened yeah. really quickly for me as to the point where I was like I need a space at home so I'm from Cleveland Ohio and I opened up a dance fitness and like photography glam space there and owned it for two years and then was like oh this is not for me (laughs) um so I took shameless on the road and basically started doing tours and so the tours include the heal 101 workshop networking Mm -hmm. event and then self-development seminars and workshops that just kind of help women with just loving who they are you know flaws and all so you mentioned that you were an MBA dancer Mm -hmm. and you mentioned body shaming and things like that what kind of led you to that point was there a certain event or something that happened I think from the very beginning, like I had to lose 130 pounds to make the team. Oh, and wow. in doing that, like that wasn't the issue for me. I knew I wasn't like where I needed to be health mm-hmm. and, and fitness wise. It was once I made the team, they kept asking me to lose weight, more and more weight every mm. week. And I was like, yo, to the point where I actually fainted at practice because of the diet, the workout, you know, that they had me on yeah. and um, ended up going to the hospital. And like my doctor told me like, you're not at a healthy weight. Like you should weigh more than this. And basically told me like, you know, what are you eating? What are you doing? And so he gave me a new diet to get back to the point where I'm healthy for what I'm doing. And it was combating with what my coach and the fitness trainer were saying. So it was kind of a point of like, no matter where I went, I wasn't good enough. So like in my circle of friends, I was now the skinny girl. And they're like, girl, you look sick. You need to eat. If I go out or whatever, and I see like guys, wherever they would look and be like, yo, like where'd your butt go? Like, you know, just joking. And I'm like, oh my God. 
gosh, like I don't feel attractive in this sense, but then I go to practice and I'm not skinny enough. And mm-hmm. so it was hard because I was, we were going to like an away game. It wasn't an away game, but one of, what do they call it when preseason? Yeah. Okay. So preseason <laughs> away game in Columbus and I was eating goldfish on the bus and like my coach basically put me out in front of everybody, like basically told me to stand up and like, I guess my thighs jiggled or something. And she was like, that's why I need to put the goldfish down. And I was oh, just wow. like, it was so embarrassing. Yeah. Was like, excuse me. And it was just a series of like, every time it's game time, you have to audition for the dance. Mm-hmm. So you learn the dance, then you go on what's called concrete and you have to do the dance full out as a team. And they select who actually does the dance game Mm -hmm. time. I would kill the dance. I mean, like, I was putting in so much work to make sure that I was learning these things that, like, were never taught to me because, you know, as just growing up, I never went to ballet and whatnot. So I had to pay for privates to learn how to do pirouettes and and all of those things. Yeah. And I would nail the dance and then not be able to go on court. And her answer or response as far as why I couldn't go is she said, like, we don't we do not do any jiggling on the court. And it was just, mm. I've never dealt with that. And it just got to a point where I was like, yep, after that, you know, I cried. It was like sitting yeah. in the locker room. All my family flew in because, like, they weren't local to watch me dance at this game. And it's like, I'm in the locker room. So, wow. yeah, it's like I'm over it. <laughs> no, I definitely feel that. So you feel like those series of events kind of led you to creating Shameless? that and like some serious things happening in my life so Mm -hmm. I was in college I had basically like a full ride um, to every college that I had attended Mm -hmm. and every time I would go to school I'm like this is not for me but it was what I was taught to do right you go to high school you get good grades and go to college you get good grades you get your degree and then you have a job Mm -hmm. and I was the only person in my whole family or the first person to ever go still the first person you know to ever go to college and so everyone was looking at me to get that degree that I didn't want (laughs) so It was, I only had a semester left and my ex-boyfriend, who was still my good friend at the time, was murdered and it was traumatizing. So between that, being in school, doing something that I didn't really want to do, and then the calves, and I was also bartending, I was a pre-K teacher, I was a waitress. I mean, your girl was hustling. (laughs) I was like, this cannot be life. And basically, I ended everything. I quit everything same day. It was a hot mess, and I kind of went through, like, a phase of depression, and through the depression, and, like, just kind of praying and, like, seeking, you know, if there was a God, because at the time, I didn't have any faith or religion, Mm -hmm. so that is what transitioned me into doing Shameless. It was more of, like, a personal development thing that I was, like, while I'm developing and uplifting myself, let me help, you know, do that with others. Gotcha. So, while you were doing that, even now, what did you at that point and what do you hope for women to get out of what you created in Shameless? So here's the thing, right? With social mm-hmm. media, we're constantly reminded of what we don't look like or what we don't have. Right. And you could be the most beautiful person and still every day you have insecurities and you look in the mirror and you're, you you may, you know, by morning time feel like, wow, I'm this great person. But by noon mm-hmm. or, you know, four or five o'clock yeah. in the evening, after being compared to so many different things, you may feel less than. So mm-hmm. My whole point for Shameless is instead of comparing yourself to someone else, just fully looking at yourself and being like, wow, like, yeah, I don't look like that, but I look like this. Or I don't have that, but I have this. And just being grateful and humble for like 
everything that you have and within this realm of people who are again kind of giving a fake persona of what Mm -hmm. life is and you know what it means to be happy at the end of the day everybody searches for the same two things peace and joy and those two things come from whatever you choose it comes from so shameless to me is is just one of the vehicles and a tool whether it's through dance or Mm -hmm. it's through meeting the right friends or getting the getting connected or plugged into the right network to where you have this job that you're passionate about it's just about women understanding that every day it it is a thing it's not like one day you just decide that you're gonna be confident and that you never you know feel or lack confidence again but it's it's reminding yourself that like hey I'm pretty freaking awesome you know yeah um and and that's really just it it's really the sisterhood that's inside of it too because we all need accountability Mm -hmm. you can't do it alone absolutely no definitely so as a millennial Christian woman we talk and we hear so much about how women of God should look or how you should act or you know not be quote-unquote too forward but from you know the way you're explaining kind of from first impression of uh shameless you defy those stereotypical Mm -hmm. viewpoints so how do you deal with people who have a more traditional view of what a woman of God is supposed to look or act like? Um, I really don't. <laughs> I don't deal with them. Especially yeah. because the the main characteristic that basically makes a Christian is that you don't judge, right? You leave that to God. Mm-hmm. So when people come to me, and I do get it. I mean, people book consultations for all about it, trying yeah. to speak to me and want to talk about, you know, our worth the weight thing. And they have questions about us living together and how can you be a Christian woman when you're shameless or when you do these classes and you wear these things. Mm-hmm. And my thing is like, I don't have to answer anybody but God. And at the end of the day, he wants me to be exactly who I am. There's mm-hmm. things that you know, I think need to be developed or fixed or tweaked to be better as a leader. But I think that promoting confidence looks however you want that to look because what you what it takes for you to be confident what it takes for me to be confident maybe two different things Mm -hmm. and so people who have an issue with whether it's a dance class or it's a revealing outfit you know yeah i just take it back to adam and eve like yo we weren't even meant to wear clothes you know so it's like so how can Mm -hmm. you sit here and you know have a again judgment towards me and it's like Mm -hmm. look at your own life so i really don't deal with those people Mm -hmm. i just kind of say like hey like you know i'm happy with my life (laughs) so it's like we can have a conversation but honestly I just don't really deal with it I don't entertain it no that's real that's fair so how does what you do through your organization kind of mesh with your relationship with God so when I started Shameless Mm -hmm. now keep in mind right I didn't have a religion I really didn't have a faith base I wasn't going to church I wasn't Mm -hmm. raised to do that okay my mom is a spiritual person um never went to church my Mm -hmm. grandmother was a Jehovah Witness and I thought she was the craziest person in the world (laughs) my other grandmother was a Catholic and I went to her church a few times and Mm -hmm. like I said the Jehovah Witness church a few times and I never thought that church was something that I would want to do simply because of the experience that I got from both of those churches Mm. so in starting shameless and kind of like developing through it I know that the only reason I got through it and I was able to do what I did and and why it got me to the point where I am now Mm -hmm. things happen in our life and we can't understand like well why is this happening and it's like now you know three or not even three it's been four and a half maybe five years later I am like yo God, you, you're funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you're funny. You're talented. Like, you know what I mean? The things that he orchestrated mm-hmm. and, and the way that I have like been able to grow through Shameless is yeah. if it wasn't for Shameless, I don't think I would be where I am today in my walk with God mm. because it took me having those, those trials of like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay this $4,000 rent this month? Mm-hmm. How am I going to, you know, put this tour together and like not let anybody down. And it took women coming together and, and things happened in my life to where the only person who could help me was 
was God and like yeah. the praying and the the meditating and the really looking like the self self analyzing like mm-hmm. what am I doing who am I and there's definitely things that I changed like I used to be a club host you know so something mm-hmm. like that when I'm like trying to get closer to God I'm like is this a good is this as a leader mm-hmm. a good way to be a role model to younger girls right I don't yeah. want these girls looking at me and be like ooh I want to be like Bree so I need to be in the clubs mm-hmm. um, but then we have to do what we got to do you know so right. it's paying bills and so my transitioning through everything that happened was solely mm-hmm. from God and I know that where I am now today mm-hmm. is because of that yeah so how did you kind of come to that realization because you said that you know you knew that where you are today is solely because of God and just like the things and the way that he's worked in your life so how did you was there a defining moment that you were like okay like this is what I want to believe in this is what I want to put my faith in this is you know what I believe yeah it was really so when I made my move to the DMV mm-hmm. I was in a place where I still had uh, four months left in my contract at my studio okay. and so when I made the move I didn't know what my next year would look like because mm-hmm. I didn't didn't know if I was going to resign the lease because it was definitely a struggle not yeah. a struggle to keep it open but a struggle internally of like it was very stressful yeah and at, I was only 23 you know running mm-hmm. a whole business and I was like what am I doing like yeah. it doesn't have to be this difficult so when I had moved here and this is when me and Dre were developing you know like we had known each other we were like friends we were going to conferences and mm-hmm. he was really helping me with my walk and my faith and when I made the move and we found out that like we were both waiting for marriage mm-hmm. it was kind of icing on the cake now mind you when yeah. I decided I wanted to wait I didn't decide I wanted to wait till marriage I decided I wanted to wait until I was in a committed relationship, meaning I was engaged. Dre is the one who who made the vow to wait till marriage. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I was like, well, I guess that's what we're doing. And that moment where, like, all the things that I had prayed and that I kind of written down and visualized for Shameless that, yeah. you know, came together and actually ended up happening was all through prayer, was all through, like, you know, giving it to God. The things that I wrote and orchestrated and visualized for, like, the man of my life was sitting in front of me telling me he was waiting for marriage mm-hmm. and that if we were going to do this thing, meaning a relationship, that we have to be equally yoked. And yeah. was, that moment for me was, like... I felt like Dre was sent specifically for me. Mm-hmm. I really feel like Dre Dre helped me get to where I need to be with God mm-hmm. because as someone who doesn't know much, you can't do everything on your own, right? right? So there's certain things like questions that I think my faith was lacking just because I'm a person that I'm like, I need the answers to things. So I'm like, simple questions. Like, so wait, what happened when Adam and Eve, you know, like, I know the Bible says, but like, how does that work? You know, and like, right. he would be able to, you know, not, not say this is what it is, but give his opinion and yeah. tell me what he's learned in the past and like how he feels and thinks and then mm-hmm. he would encourage me to like find my own belief in it or my own whatever and he's just a very peaceful faithful person yeah so that moment was for me the the difference when I moved which was two and a half years to now I'm a completely different person yeah <laughs> like the girl that I left in Cleveland I don't she looks so unfamiliar to me <laughs> And it was really that moment that I was like, I have to really commit to God because Mm -hmm. I was doing the God thing, but I would, I was like one foot in, one foot out because things would happen. I'm like, oh, I could do this. It's not that big of a deal. But that moment I was like, I want to look more like God. I want to be more like God. And and that kind of was that, that time for me. No, that's awesome. So I guess what advice would you give to people who are, like you said, one foot in, one foot out? When they're trying to, you know, come to what it is they really believe in God. So first thing that I did when I made the, Mm -hmm. you know, the 
hey, I have to actually really believe in this and like make yeah. it a thing, was the things that were holding me back, mm -hmm. I fully researched them. So it was little stuff. I mean, like the things with like the dinosaurs. I'm like, so, you know, like did God create dinosaurs? And like, how do they really know? You know, all these little mm -hmm. questions. And the thing is, YouTube has all these videos and all these different resources yeah. of what people, and it's the thing is that so many people say so many things that you come to understand that like, at the end of the day, I just will never know. And like, you can't put God in a box. So right. I had to get to a place where in researching and seeing that there's all these different things out mm -hmm. there, at the end of the day, you can't just pick one and say like, well, I'm going to believe in that theory. I think it's more of, well, we can't put God in a, in a box. These are all the things that it could be. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because those things aren't the important things. It's that God is God. Right. And so when I learned that the details were important and the thing that was important is finding out who God is and what he looks like mm -hmm. as a person and what he tells me I should look like as a person, yeah. um, that was what helped me the most. And I basically started doing like self-development things. So I would look at like writing characteristics of like God, which none of us can measure up to God, but you know, right. I mean? it's just more of like the things and even just Jesus, you know, the things that he did sacrifice and who he was in the Bible looking at like that. And it's like, am I that type of person? Would people look mm. at me and be like, she's sacrifice, uh, sacrifice sacrificial she will give she's selfless yeah. she's you know non-judgmental she's willing and helpful and all of those things so I just kind of looked at myself from like the outside and mm -hmm. outside in and then inside out and was like gotcha. how can I be more like God and that inspired me and in in not even knowing it that grew me closer to God mm, no that's that's it right there yeah. <laughs> So kind of circling back to Shameless, mm -hmm. how do you see it expanding beyond where it is right now? So what we're doing right now is Shameless is actually on hold, shout out to God, because <laughs> of everything that's going on with me and Jerry's personal business mm -hmm. and with our personal brands and then like our couple brand, things are, are moving quickly and right. The, the way that we move is mm -hmm. we, we try to listen to God and what is like happening around us mm -hmm. and we try to not be selfish, right? So yeah. Shameless, I had a tour scheduled and the tours, they make great money. They're yeah. easy to do. I've done them multiple times. They're very rewarding for me as mm -hmm. a person and I know that the girls get a lot out of it too. So I always feel like it's something that I should do, right? Yeah. And I was at a moment of like, we have all these things going on and I want to fully be present for my ladies I want to create something that instead of just doing my tour and reaching, you know, these specific cities, I want to create something that can reach women all over. Right. Mm. But that takes time. And, right. you know, you know, from having a podcast that you have to create these things, like right. you have to spend all this time curating and then being like, okay, a year later, right. We'll right. Roll all this stuff out and it does great things for people all over. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was at a point where we have so much going on where automation is huge and I'm like, we have to figure out ways to automate things to where we spend less time doing tedious things right. so that we can reach more people with less effort. Yeah. So what I say for Shameless is I don't want people to think of me when they think of Shameless. Okay. I want people to think of Shameless in itself, like the idea behind it, mm -hmm. the mission behind it. And I want there to basically be like representatives in major cities yeah. that kind of are in charge of making Shameless big, as big as it could be mm -hmm. in their cities to overall encourage, inspire, motivate connect mm -hmm. um, their women in their communities yeah and I also so like my long-term goal <laughs> is youth right so I started yeah. like a nonprofit called little ladies and okay. it's about helping little girls develop into 
to becoming these shameless women. So at yeah. it, at a very early age, we start to learn what's okay and what's not okay, right? right? And so I'm trying to break that and kind of bridge the gap between like what we see on social media and like what we think when we wake up and we see ourselves in the mirror. Yeah. And so it's really just that being able to reach youth that kind of mid teen mm-hmm. age and then just women kind of all over instead yeah. of being where I am now, where it's like these specific cities every single year. Gotcha. So with little ladies and your mission for that do you think that you know you're the way that you began to see yourself started at that age or that time period of your life definitely so only because like my mom is white my whole family everyone even if they were mixed were Mm -hmm. fairly fair skin I mean very light skin really pretty eyes like really thin hair and I was kind of like the black girl of my family and I didn't Mm -hmm. really know I didn't know what that meant until middle school when like people would tell me I was adopted and the funny thing is like my mom did adoption and all Mm -hmm. of our kids that we that would come in they were white kids Mm -hmm. and so I was like we'd go places that were like held by foster care events and they would be like oh look at them like they're so cute how long have they been with you my mom would be like oh no like she's actually mine like they would always assume that I was the adoptive kid Mm. and so I felt some type of way about my skin for a long time I felt like I was too dark and I was a sun baby so I mean like Mm -hmm. I'm fairly light skinned (laughs) like you know what I mean but growing up I was a lot darker Mm -hmm. and no one else around me really looked like me Mm -hmm. um until I started going to school and it was more diverse and more mixed but even then the kids were the white kids it was like I wasn't white enough and for the black kids I wasn't black enough right and they like the Hispanics liked me but I didn't know (laughs) what they were saying you know so it was just weird for me Mm -hmm. and I realized that I compared myself all the time to my my two cousins that are closest in age with me Mm -hmm. and I never felt good enough like I would always be like I want my hair like Alicia's and Ashley's or I want the yeah. outfit like them. It was always a comparison. I was never just happy with what I had. It wasn't It wasn't until I was like 18 mm-hmm. when I like moved out and I got my own place and stuff that I realized that those things weren't, weren't going to make me, you know, moving forward. Right. And so I definitely had a shift in mindset, but then it was the calf situation kind of brought me back to that place. So I would say from like 18 to 20, I really was confident. I felt like I was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, it didn't matter if I was gaining weight, losing weight. I was like, hey, it is what it is. And then that was kind of snatched away, you know, with the calf situation. So, gotcha. Yeah. Um. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. No worries. So you've mentioned um your fiance Dre and you're newly engaged. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and you guys also do. You have your brand, but you also make YouTube videos about mm-hmm. your decision to wait, which you also mentioned as well. And you know, to pursue celibacy until you get married. So what made you guys even want to? I know you mentioned it a little bit, a little bit before, but what made you guys want to do that? But also, you know, share your story with other people. Yeah, so we'll start with Dre okay. because he was a football player at a predominantly white college, mm-hmm. and so basically he had the girls. Um, <laughs> And he, you know, he got around, you know, mm-hmm. he, he had his fun. He literally yeah. has only had one girlfriend besides me. So he was only in one serious relationship that lasted like three months, you know. Mm-hmm. So he was very into a bunch of different relationships that weren't really anything, right? Beautiful. Yeah. And he grew up in a household where like he witnessed his mom and his stepdad, his stepdad have a very successful, happy, healthy marriage mm-hmm. through, through Christ. And he grew up in the church. And so... 
in college, he was kind of in the space where, like, a lot of people who grew up in the church, yeah. they, once they get out on their own, they kind of have to remind themselves, like, well, why do I go to church? Right. Like, what is the point of it? And they really have to focus on, like, more of their individual relationship with God and right. not the relationship that they have because of their family mm-hmm. that makes them go to church every Sunday and pray before their food. And they kind of just do it as a ritual. There's no meaning behind it. So right. he got to a space where he was like... I need my own relationship with God. I know I should be doing better. I I know Mm -hmm. that I shouldn't be out here just with anybody. And instead, I should be focusing on how I can be a better leader and grow as a better man so that when the right woman comes, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. So he got to a point where he was like, I want to meet my wife. Like, I want to find the person I'm supposed to spend my life with. And he just says that he felt like it was time and like he was missing something. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even just the person, but what he could be doing with that person. It was like Mm -hmm. a unity thing of the whole reason for marriage you know like that's what he wanted so that was his reasoning my reasoning was I only had like a couple serious relationships and I was sexual in all of them and I felt like none of them were healthy Mm -hmm. and they all kind of surrounded sex and not for me but from a standpoint of if you know when the relationship would get rocky or if like we were have an argument you know instead of Mm -hmm. really talking about it you would be intimate with one another and then yeah. act like nothing happened. And then those same problems would just fluster and they would just come back and you would it, right. now it's even bigger than it was before. And it would just get to the point where it's like there's no fixing this because it's just too far gone. Yeah, not taking mm-hmm. care of the root. Yeah, absolutely. No foundation, basically. And at the end of my last relationship, like I was cheated on in the most disgusting way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I'm not going to go into details and yeah. people know who that person is, so I won't say anything, but... It was a hot mess. And it made me realize that, like, yo, you could give your whole heart, your whole mind, yeah. your body, your time, your, your everything to a person, and they just step on it and walk away like it's nothing. Mm. So what I realized was, had I not of giving him all of me, I wouldn't feel so hurt. You know, it would have been more of like, you know, you take the time to get to know someone in a, with a sober mind, meaning mm-hmm. that there's no intimacy or, you know, physical relationship there. And it's all based on the things that should matter, like right. conversation and just trust and loyalty and really getting to know the person for who they are first. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, sex is a cherry on top. I mean, you could have it with anybody, you know, you could, you could do what you need for yourself. It's like, yeah. that is always there. But the relationship is not built off of that. And yeah. so I just got to a point where I was like, if I was focusing on the right things, something mm-hmm. like this would never happen to me. And I want to see what it's like to just get to know somebody. And if people don't agree with it or don't want to entertain it, I guess, you know, maybe I'll be 40, still searching for my husband. And I really didn't think I would meet anyone, like, anytime soon. I was like, well, I was like, my 20s are going to be turned. Like, because I'm going to be solo. But that didn't, you know, end up happening. Mm -hmm. So the way that me and Dre were connected was through a mutual friend. um, And she actually was, I met her freshman year of college at A&T. And she moved to D.C. for three months only. She's from Mm -hmm. North Carolina. And she calls me one day and is like, Brie, I met your husband. (laughs) I was like, what, girl? She's like, Yes. (laughs) I met your husband. God told me, this is your husband. You oh, have wow. to meet him. She was so adamant. Now, mind you, I was in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I was in the relationship with the guy. So. Yeah. I'm like, what about, you know, I'm in a relationship. She was like, God don't care. Like, you gotta <laughs> end it. Like, something, I don't know. I'm just telling you, he's your husband. You need to meet him. I was like, girl, bye. So, I ended up coming to visit her. Mm-hmm. And on my way down here is when I, when all the things kind of happened for me to find out that, like, the guy was cheating and doing yeah. XYZ. So when I got down here, as you would assume, I was hurt. And I was like, yo, 
forget him. Where's this guy? Where's my husband? Tell him take me to dinner. You know, like <laughs> where my man at? <laughs> yeah, he he'll buy me some drinks too. Like, yeah, let's do that. And and I met him. And funny thing is now when me and Dre met, mm-hmm. he was not trying to entertain me because he was like, oh well, you know, I'm kind of talking to someone. And again, he mm-hmm. was in this phase of like he's not going to entertain multiple people. He wants to find the right person. Right. So he had found good qualities in this girl, and he wanted to like take her serious. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, well, we could get to know each other, but like I'm really like you know already yeah. interested in someone else. And for him, he says, you know, I wasn't local, so it's like I'm not, you know, she's all the way in Cleveland. Right. Like, what's the what's the odds that like she would be the person? Right. And literally, you know, long story short, things kind of like happened to the point where it was like, yo, it, it feels very God ordained because otherwise, I it's it's just too many coincidences, too many mm-hmm. things that kind of align just so perfectly to where it's like, yo, this is crazy. Like <laughs> we may meant be meant to be together, you know? Yeah. And I mean. The thing is, you know, once we had that conversation, we realized we were both waiting. It was like, wow, like it's not, it's hard to wait if you have mm-hmm. to tell someone, hey, I'm waiting for marriage, and then they have to conform to that. Yeah. And they really don't want that, right? Mm-hmm. Because then it's it's a person who's kind of one foot in, one foot out, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if we both have the same why, the same reason, and the same mindset, and we're both choosing to put God first, then right. what we're doing, it just becomes so much easier because it's what we planned anyways. We're not having to adjust. And right. so a lot of people, you know, they're like, hey, you know, me and my boyfriend, we currently have a physical relationship. How do we make that transition into yeah. waiting and it's like that's hard because you know what you're missing we don't know what we're missing we've never been there with each other right so yeah i don't know it's just it's, it's interesting yeah so why did you guys choose to share your story like so openly because a oh, lot of yeah. people you know they make that decision and it's like that's our business personally for me same mm-hmm. thing with shameless right when i had a situation and i was like i know that this will help me mm-hmm. and why not uplift and help other people who are dealing with the same thing yeah it was the exact same thing the thing with dre is like i always knew growing up that like i would have this prince charming it was always a, a vision <laughs> that i had yeah. but i just never thought it was real because of what i saw around me mm-hmm. i didn't have any positive relationships any marriage that i still know of to this day either one of them have has cheated or mm-hmm. it would you know it's just it's not what it should be right. and so i just didn't think that that thing existed and i know that through faith like i i feel that Dre yeah. and i and he feels the same that we were brought together to bridge the gap between people who are not in the church and christians mm-hmm. and those women especially women younger women that go about relationships in a way where they feel like when you meet someone you find out what that person wants and then you right. kind of become that for a phase mm-hmm. and then you can't keep up that that act and mm-hmm. then it ends up like not working out and we kind of again it comes from comparing yourself to others you think yeah. that as long as you're pretty and as long as you mm-hmm. you know do what they say and as long as you just have sex if they want you know it's like yeah. then this thing will work out and so for me what I learned through the relationship with Dre is what a real mm-hmm. relationship is what it looks like and and how to get that yeah. and the most important part is that in order to find marriage in order to find your one you have to find you first and so it doesn't right. take two people and it doesn't take another person to make you whole, but right. it takes you being whole first. And my issue is that there's a lot of women in church that pretty much know better mm-hmm. as a sense of like someone in their life is a good example of what marriage is or whatnot. And they choose to not do that or mm-hmm. they, that's just not what they want. 
or it is what they want, but they're, they don't give themselves enough leeway to be like, hey, I'm still human. Like, right. I have to figure this out on my own and not just listen to what someone else says. Mm-hmm. Then you have the girls who aren't in church at all that were like me, just completely lost in the sauce, right. that they weren't going to find God by someone coming up to them with a pamphlet saying, you should be in church. Or, you know, a church woman comes to them and saying, like, your skirt's too short. You know, it's right. like the judgmental way that, you know, older women in the church kind of come at younger girls. It's mm-hmm. not relatable. And they're like, what? Like, you're crazy. Like, how I felt about my right. grandmother. So um, I think that our relationship is the thing that, and, and it is, it's been proven. It's been over a year and we've had so many people turn to God yeah. that never thought about God, you know, never thought that that would be for them and them finding the benefits in not only our relationship, but in our lives and our business individually. Yeah. They're like, wow, I want to see that growth. I want to do that mm-hmm. too. And the main key ingredient is God, but we don't force it down anybody's throats. So we we kind of give God right. without giving God. And that's what's helping bring a lot of people who don't know God to mm-hmm. God. Yeah, no, that's so awesome. And mm-hmm. I love that you guys are already doing that kind of like a ministry together before you get married. Yeah. I think that's just, you know, a projection of what's to come, mm-hmm. especially in your relationship. So that's so beautiful. Thanks. You're welcome. So if you had to give one reason why you think people can benefit from waiting until marriage to engage in sexual intimacy, what would it be? Personal self-development, meaning that when you're in a relationship, Mm -hmm. and again, like I said, if you're being intimate with that person, you don't have as many conversations, right? right? Because you have other things to fill up time. Right. And so when that's not a part of the relationship, you have all this time and and you basically are able to fully communicate with this person and really learn the things that you mm-hmm. you know that they bring to the table and if you're not being active sexually with them, you have a lot of me time, personal time to look at the relationship mm-hmm. with sober eyes yeah. and really to be like, okay, well in this relationship like what am I bringing to the table? And when things happen, like if it's a disagreement, right, you mm-hmm. have to actually talk about it and like get to the bottom of it and yeah. it will force you to be like, okay, well, let me look at me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I feeling some type of way about this? And at the end of the day, it just means that it's intentional, right? Because no right. one's going to plan to be around someone and they're not getting anything physically from them unless they really like their company and mm-hmm. they see something in the future. Guys will be with women specifically to just hop in and out of bed, you know? Right. But girls, we're more personal yeah and we're like well if I'm spending time with you I'm spending time with you like I like <laughs> you and I'm getting to know you and I'm this yeah. and that and as women it's like that's the only way to really tell if a guy sees you in his future because mm-hmm. he's willing to build that foundation and so the biggest thing is it's self-development because mm-hmm. it allows you to really keep a sober mind look at yourself and become the woman that you want to be right, right. you want to be a wife you need to adapt and, and look at your life and say well how am I you know not being a wife in my life right now like what are the characteristics of what a wife looks like same thing mm-hmm. for, for men if they want to find you know someone that they're going to spend their life with they have to right. learn how to be a leader they have to learn how to provide and how to be everything that God says a man should be mm-hmm. in a relationship and so it just gives you time and it doesn't right. stress you out you know because it's like there's like there's nothing on the line you know it, it's, right. it's really hard to walk away from a relationship with someone that you've given everything to yeah. but someone that you're just giving conversation to it's like okay well, this isn't working like I wish you the you know and just kind of walk mm-hmm. away so I would say the number one thing is just personal self-growth gotcha so with all that you said one thing I do appreciate about you and even from before this interview is your openness to share like you know your past and how it's molded you into the person that you are today mm-hmm. and you know not just in your own personal life but in your career as well like you said you used to be an MBA dancer and now you have your own social media consulting agency called all about it so walk me through it how did all about it come to be So, when I moved here, 
you know, I said I had the four months of, Mm -hmm. you know, four months left on my contract for the studio. And I was in a very tough place, right? But I did so much to to have that space. And it was my baby. And I honestly felt like if I closed it, Mm -hmm. that people would look at me like I failed. So honestly, if it, I knew I wanted to close it. I was like, I don't want the stress. I don't want to deal with it no more. You know what I mean? Just think about all the things that come into place. This was a, a 4,000 square foot place. Mm-hmm. Like I had to pay for cleaners. I had to sometimes be the cleaners. I had right. to pay for all, I had to staff it. It's just so many different things. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to give it up because I didn't want to fail. So I was having a conversation mm-hmm. with Dre and I was like, if I give up my studio, that means I won't have any income because there's no tour right now because my tour wasn't for like another six months. So I'm like, there's no tour. So there's really no money coming in. And the way that tours work or events work yeah. is depending on what software you use, which I use Eventbrite, you don't get your money until after the event happens. Mm. So I can see the money that's coming in, <laughs> but there's nothing there. Right. Yeah. And so it was, you know, we were walking and I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, I'm not getting a job. Like yeah. I really don't want to get a job. <laughs> and he was like, well, just do what you're good at. And I was like, well, what am I good at? Like, (laughs) Shameless? And he was like, no. Like, he said, think about how you branded Shameless. You had no experience. You didn't go to branding, business school, like, none of that stuff. You figured it out. Like, why don't you find other people who are in a space like you where they have this great idea, they have this great mission and and this service and this Mm -hmm. thing that they want to put out there, but they don't really have, like, the the real resources, meaning money, to pay to do it. So they need to learn how to do it on their own. And I was like, like consulting? And he was like, yeah, like, why not? So I was like, I mean, that's cool, but I'd have to do like three to four months of literally like doing that for free and just working with people to build up a portfolio and to make sure I even know what I'm doing and saying, you know? (laughs) And so the way that All About It came was because he said, well, let's do this. Just move in with me. Mm -hmm. And I'll take care of bills for three or up to six months. So you can just focus on that and you don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. money. You don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about that. Um, Because where I was living out here was over two grand a month. And I was like, why? You know, like bad decision. Right. Um, And so it was like, yeah, that really is the only thing that makes sense, you know. So basically what happened was he had gave me six months to kind of like figure it out. Mm-hmm. By month three, I was like doing, I was charging $50 for <laughs> our instant makeovers, which are now $1,000. Wow. So $50 service, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, people were getting it. They were loving it. And like, we just had great feedback. And I know it was because of my personal following that really, that's the mm-hmm. only reason why All About It grew like it did. If I didn't have that platform from Shameless already, right. it, no one would have known, you know, <laughs> that we even offered the services. Right. So um, it was pretty much like I started doing it and I kind of got the feel for it. And I took I was like, this is my whole business. Like, I'm just going to like do it. By month six, I was doing so good Mm -hmm. that like Dre was like, yo, like, let's actually sit down and talk about this. (laughs) So when we sat down, he looked and he's like, I mean, you know, I don't want to stay at my job, you know, which he's a building manager at the building we live at. And he was like, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. And I was like, well, just do this with me. Like, I need help with X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So it transitioned into me kind of helping people or giving them advice on how to take their brands to the next level to literally us being able to do their websites, their Mm -hmm. photography, all their social media media services, all their branding services, and we provide two options. So if you're someone with a smaller budget, Mm -hmm. you can either get the it kit or do our um, all about academy where you just go through the process of learning how to do it yourself, or you get a starter package, which is, you know, completely customized to what you need and you pay for the services to be done by an expert. So yeah, I mean, it just, it again, (laughs) 
God is great um, because it, it doesn't make sense, you know, mm-hmm. from a human standpoint. It's right. like how it got to where it got so quickly because yeah. he was able to walk away from his job two months after we had that conversation. Wow. So crazy. That's crazy. So even though your business is a social media consulting firm, like go a little bit more in depth and explain how social media has had an impact on uh, both of your organizations. Could you just oh, mention yeah. that a little bit? Oh, yeah. yeah. So personally, <laughs> I remember being in my old apartment in Cleveland mm-hmm. and I'm looking at my phone and I had like 12,000 followers. And again, I was comparing myself <laughs> to people and I'm like, this girl has 100K, this person has blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if I just could get to 50K, mm-hmm. I could reach so many more people. I don't yeah. know why the number is 50K, <laughs> but I basically was like, I understood that mm-hmm. in order to influence or to get in front of more people, social media was a free way to right. do that and a stress-free way to do that. Mm-hmm. And so for a year, I basically tested theories of growing your following. Wow. And I was like, let's figure out what makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So by year one, I made it to like 30,000 followers. So I, I more than doubled where I was at. And within that year of just mm-hmm. getting that additional, like, you know, go over what was it, like 17, 18,000 followers... I had so many opportunities come for me that were just social media. And I was like, what, why me? Like, you know, just, just things, speaking Mm -hmm. engagements. Um, uh, people would just send me free stuff, ask me to post and whatnot. I was connecting with people and people just saw me more important Mm -hmm. once I kind of hit that, that number. And so um, I was like, well, it's, it's shown that the more followers you have, the more opportunities that come. And I've never wanted to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. Um, more of, as far as like, I didn't want to get paid for like posting on my Instagram. I want to organically, if I like something, tell people about it. And so I was like, I'm not going to do that i'm not gonna be the girl who says pay me to post x y and z i'm right. gonna be like if i believe in what you're doing i'm going to post it right absolutely so um once we hit i hit like the 50k mark mm-hmm. that was also when we launched all about it okay i was like okay i know how important it has been with me right with mm-hmm. dre when i first met him this is gonna sound so so mean but when i first met him he had 1800 followers and i was like so uh can we talk about your instagram <laughs> <laughs> and he was like what's wrong with my instagram i'm like um can I just like tweak it a little bit? Like, can I just play around with it and like see what can happen? He's like, what? And I was like, so look, I was like, you know, you're a nice looking guy. You have a great mm-hmm. personality. Yeah. You're super talented. I was like, there's, there's endless opportunities out here for you. And social media is an easy and free way mm-hmm. for you to explore those. And he was like, um, I mean, I'm really, I don't want to be a model or I don't want to be a, like that guy. Yeah. And I'm like, just trust me. Right. <laughs> and so in one year we got his page to 28,000 followers. Wow. And so he grew more than I grew, you know, in a year. And I was like, okay. Um, and from that, so many opportunities came, right? He was mm-hmm. able to leave his job. He got paid gigs to do things that it, it wasn't, he doesn't just model. Mm-hmm. He models or is a part of things and brands that he, yeah. he really supports. Yeah. So he won't just do anything for money. It's yeah. more of if the person behind it or the mission behind it, like that he supports. Right. And, and he doesn't in, like love it. He, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't want to be a model. I always joke with him. I'm like, you're going to be a Calvin Klein under a model vibe. <laughs> 2021 and like I'm serious so mark my words he probably <laughs> but um for him it just changed dramatically he didn't even know that anything like that is possible you yeah. know the Shea Moisture shoot he's been on tv shows yeah. like so just all types of crazy things he's like yo this is nuts um getting paid for speaking engagements right so um, obviously the following and just the branding the social media stuff has allowed us to create relationships that we wouldn't have else elsewise had mm-hmm. um otherwise had and 
with our business, right? So like with um worth the weight and with all about it, mm-hmm. if we didn't know how to properly so like social media brand and like grow and whatnot, those pages would still be kind of stagnant, right? So like right. the goal is get all about it to 10k in the first year. Did that gotcha. by month like eight. Then uh-huh. worth the weight, it was like the goal was get that to twenty thousand in the first year. We're at like twenty three thousand right now Mm -hmm. um and we honestly hit our mark like a lot earlier than we needed to and so with the following comes like credibility when people see that number they're Mm -hmm. like oh well they must be doing something right because all these other people are following it just makes people more intrigued and Mm -hmm. it kind of makes you more important which is sad that people you know kind of judge your importantness your uh importantness (laughs) or who you are or your value by the number of followers you have but it's like it is what it is (laughs) Absolutely. So since this is Influence Podcast, I have to ask about influence, which you Mm -hmm. already alluded to. So what does influence mean to you? I think there's two ways to go with this, right? Mm -hmm. The word that we are using right now, like influencer, when people hear influencer, I think that they think paid, people who get paid to basically be on Instagram. Right. Um, I think the word influence just means, we all have influence, whether it's over a child, whether it's over your spouse, whether it's over your two followers on Instagram or your 200,000 followers on Instagram. We all have an influence. It's just about whether or not you use it. Mm -hmm. Some people don't use their influence at all and they more so use other people's influence. So there's always someone, it's kind of like a mentor and a mentee. There's Mm -hmm. always someone who is giving and there's always someone who is taking, right? right? And so we all have one of those parts of a relationship. Someone uses, there's people out there who use Instagram simply for the influence. They right. they use it for inspiration and yeah. for motivation and whatnot. And there's other people who they don't use Instagram for any of that, but they are the, the person who is inspiring and doing mm-hmm. the motivating. I think the biggest misconception with influencer is that mm-hmm. people think influencers are like ballers and they just live this lifestyle and they do these things and yeah. that they're just like out here making it and it's like that's not the reality yeah. at all. I mean it's it's sad when high school kids are like, What do you wanna be when you grow up? And they're like, I wanna be a social media influencer. It's like you don't even know what that means. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like so basically you wanna receive things for free all the time and work a full-time job to pay for your lifestyle mm-hmm. you're like is that yeah. you know it's essentially what it means it's like there's not too many influencers who literally are full-time influencers right so i think it's a misconception for sure with that being said how do you balance living your life out loud on social media while still walking with god girl ugh, struggle okay <laughs> so one of the biggest things for me is again i'm a big firm believer in giving god without giving god So I focus on, I I don't wake up and think, what can I say about God today on my Instagram? Mm -hmm. I think about what can I do today to influence or better someone's day or Mm -hmm. situation or mindset to get closer to being more like God. And so the things that I try to focus on is like lifestyle, so health and wellness. Mm -hmm. So like the way that people are eating, the first things that you're doing in the morning, having that devotional time, reading books, having me time, having Mm -hmm. time to just process and think about what's going on in your life. Then the most, the second most important thing is like support supporting other people right Mm -hmm. so I like to post things about like attending other people's events or like you know just talking about like what my friends are accomplishing and doing and kind of just shedding light on other people Mm -hmm. then obviously relationships right so like our relationship is very god-ordained and everything that I post or talk about is about how we're furthering our relationship through focusing on god and then the last thing would really just be fellowships like mentorship and like my events and things that just bring you know kind of that sisterhood vibe to whatever it is that we have going on yeah no absolutely so what's next for you 
Ooh, okay. So, obviously, I'm planning for my wedding, yes. right? So, really exciting news. I haven't put this out there yet, but D Domingo is sponsoring me a $10,000 dress for wow. my wedding. I, girl, <laughs> Dre was like, see, girl, I knew, you know, you'd come through with something. I'm like, see? Um, so, that's awesome. So, basically, like, they're doing yes. a custom dress for my, um, for the reception and wow. the ceremony. Okay, and then more than one. It's gonna, they're also doing my bathing suit because it's in the DR, right? So I'm like, I want my reception to end in the pool. (laughs) So I'm like, I need a whole, I need to still look like a bride in the pool. Um, So we're working on that right now because Mm -hmm. obviously it's gonna be custom made. So I have like my first fitting and stuff soon. Dre and I right now are doing a six week couple challenge that like after the six weeks, we're actually going to share everything that we've done and Mm -hmm. challenge other couples to do it because it just brings you closer to your person as well as like, why not get fit, right? And change that lifestyle. Um, so we have that. We are working on how we're going to basically add a podcast. We want to mm-hmm. launch it by the end of this year, but we need to like really get that content <laughs> rolling, right? So we need to figure out what mm-hmm. does that look like? How are we going to even do it? And, yeah. you know, when are we going to launch? Um, with All About It, we, mm-hmm. like I said, we're just launching the All About It Academy yeah. and the Hit Kit, which means... I don't have to do things in order for people to be helped, which is awesome. Yes. Um, and then let's think, what is the, and I think, you know, I think the only thing is, is shameless. It's looking at the, like the mentorship. Mm-hmm. I, I basically want to create an app that would allow mm. girls who need mentorship yeah. to just have this app and be a part of a community. So it'll let you connect with local girls mm-hmm. as well as like non-local girls yeah. and connect with people based on your interests. So that if you're a college student and you're interested in fashion, right? If you're on our app, you can talk to mm-hmm. me one-on-one every month. I basically would do like a one-on-one like Skype, FaceTime, some type yeah. of thing where the girls can connect with me as a group instead of like one-on-one gotcha. mentorship. Cause I have a lot of girls I mentor yeah. right now and I'm like, y'all, I can't keep up. <laughs> and they're at that age where I'm like, put some clothes on. So I'm like, I need some, I need like, Ooh, I need everyone to be in a group so that it's not yeah. just me sounding like the old lady telling you to mm-hmm. put on clothes. Um, I need other women yeah. and girls supporting each other. It's so like that community. app, yeah. That app is huge. And so if you're listening to this and you do app development, hit your girl <laughs> up because, I mean, we're right now just scouting, you yeah. know, different app developers and it's a very interesting po- uh, process. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's mainly it. And then obviously just keeping up with the, the YouTube has been going really well, yeah. but being consistent is hard. So like basically the only thing coming up for that is like we're trying to bulk create our videos to the mm-hmm. point where like we're good for months because it gets a little hectic. Yeah, absolutely. So... The last section of the podcast uh-huh. is called the hashtag put me on section. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you questions regarding some of your favorite things right now. They don't have to be Christian related or anything like that. Like, okay. you know, why you love them. Maybe you could hip us to some things and, you know, that we should be adding to our daily routine or, you know, okay. dabbling in. So what are you listening to right now? It can be music, podcast, audiobook, Ooh, whatever. I love Jenna Kutcher. Her podcast yeah. is, I love her. So right now... When I, I mean, all day, people are going to think I'm weird, but I listen to LMA's, like, her Pandora station Mm -hmm. and Jenna Kutcher. That's literally, (laughs) that's the only station I even have on my phone. So, like, you'll go to my Pandora and it's like, LMA radio? And it's like, yep, you know? (laughs) Um, So, that's all I listen to. LMA radio and Jenna Kutcher podcast. I listen to her podcast. Like, I binge listen. Mm -hmm. So, I'll do, like, all four from that month in, like, one day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. What are you watching right now? Oh, okay, so we just ended this because it, it, it's over. Mm-hmm. Or we watched all of them, but um, Turn Up Charlie on Netflix with Interest Alba. Oh, it is. Is funny. that the movie that he's DJing? It's actually really good. Yes. Oh. 
It is a really good show. Like, and so there's only eight episodes. Mm-hmm. So we watch, we kind of watched them in two days. But it was good. I was like, no, don't be over. So yeah, you guys got to check out Turn, Turn Up Charlie. <laughs> what are you eating or drinking right now? So me and Dre are super, like we eat very clean. Mm-hmm. We try to do seafoods, um, lots of proteins. Yeah. And basically we kind of stay away from like bad carbs. So like breads. And if we do rice, it may be like, twice a week and it's Mm -hmm. like half a cup so um, the key things that have been helping me is in the mornings um Mm -hmm. i always do like a coffee it it offsets like you know the hunger like how earlier i was like i'm so hungry i'm good (laughs) now because my coffee kind of offset me um i drink tons of water with lemon Mm -hmm. my snacks in between like meals if i get hungry are just like rice cakes with like organic peanut butter and a little dab of jelly it tastes like a peanut butter jelly sandwich (laughs) so it tricks you into thinking you're eating fluffy bread and it just makes you feel like a kid again Aww. And then, um, like, raspberries and, like, the, um, what is that stuff called? Uh, grapefruit is mm-hmm. kind of, like, my go-to snacks. They're really good with, like, yeah. shredding and keeping off your fat. Um, and other know. than that, that protein and, like, tons of veggies. I've been doing this stir-fry that mm-hmm. is really bomb. Veggie noodles, mushrooms, onions, peppers, broccoli, and then, like, chicken and or steak and shrimp. Mm, okay. So good. Chefing it up over here. You know. <laughs> Who do you adore or are impressed by right now? Hmm. Honestly, this is going to sound so funny, but my fiance. I'm really impressed. Um, He inspires me so much. Mm -hmm. Like, just, he has, like, I thought I was an optimistic and positive person. Yeah. If you want to feel negative, go (laughs) be around Dre for a day. He is such a positive, uplifting, and just, like, optimistic yeah. person that every day I strive to be better because of just how great he is. That's amazing. Um, and so I would say it's him. Outside of him, it would be my circle of friends. Mm-hmm. They really uplift me. They really inspire me. They are all completely different from one another. Yeah. And they're doing so many great things individually. And so it's really between them. I'm like, yo, I don't even need to know anybody else <laughs> because, I mean, you guys are great. And then, yeah. you know, obviously, Jenna Kutcher is a big one. Mm-hmm. And what is God speaking to you right now? Huh. He's telling me to sit down. Hey, and, that's important. Yeah, so it's like a lot of people have been I, I'm I'm not great at saying no, but I've I've gotten yeah. better at it and it feels great now to mm-hmm. say no. But there's certain things that like I, I know immediately like when you ask to do mm-hmm. this interview, like immediately the answer was yes, right? But yeah. there's certain opportunities where I'm like, I don't feel like it got telling me to move yeah. over there and, and to do that. So right now, I know that like God's trying to like just sit me down mm-hmm. in a corner and be like, just grind it out. Yeah. Don't even think about you know all the other stuff going on. Just get these things, which again right. is like you know the app and and the All About Academy, basically mm-hmm. creating things that can help multiple people at any time, right. ongoing, whenever you know yeah. for a smaller cost. Because my biggest thing is I want to help everybody, right? But mm-hmm. some people don't have the budget for right. our services, and so I want to help those people. Yeah. So yeah, God's just trying to sit me down and. <laughs> <laughs> keep my head down and not have me get too caught up with other things mm-hmm. to really knock these things out to be able to help more of the masses versus you know one person at a time absolutely so thank you for sitting down with me today brianna yes. i really appreciate it please plug yourself where can people find you on social media so they can keep up with what you're doing so we'll keep it really simple <laughs> um if you follow my instagram brianna ponte b-r-e-a-n-n-a 
A-P-O-N-T-E. You will find all about it, worth the wait, Dre Smith, everything that you need <laughs> on my page. Um, and then obviously, BriannaPonte.com. Same mm-hmm. thing with that. You will be able to find worth the wait, our YouTube channel, our all about it services. Everything is there. I want to plug this. Yes. We do free consultations, free intro, <laughs> 15 minute consultations. Let them know. And I'm only the per- I'm only doing these for three three months my mm-hmm. myself. So if you want to talk to me specifically, <laughs> get in within the next three months so we can chat. Otherwise, you'd be talking to somebody else. Um, but yeah, so click the link in my bio. Literally hit book free consultation and we can chat. Great. That's it for this episode of the Influence Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to use hashtag InfluencePod when talking about the podcast on social media. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brianna, C-E-S-T-L-A-B-R-I-A-N-N-A. Until next time, deuces.